This episode sponsored by Blue Chew. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. Let's do this. Let's do this. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to my live stream, 500 feet above the streets in New York City, looking towards downtown. People ask me all the time, Nick Umberchin, you're first on the whole darn thing. This guy, QRT, he says, congrats. Oh, congrats because I get to leave New York City, right? (laughs) This day is better than um, Christmas for me. The day we get to move the whole operation to the ocean for the next three months. I am in New York City for my kids. That is it. Because everyone's like, why are you still there? Well, kids like their schools. Kids like their friends. So that's why I'm here. But uh, today is the day that we get to get the hell out of here. And uh, we're packing the car as I speak. Oh, my God. We're running around like loaded ticks trying to get everything ready. We were going to leave last night, but uh, the exhaustion of the last day of school uh, for the kids kind of got to all of us. Very emotional the last day of school. I I mean, I'm happy it's over, but, uh, you know, they're now uh, moving up a grade, moving up another grade. What's up, Jay Warren? How are you? Who else we got? Ted Palawada. What's going on, Ted? Oh, are you going to watch Jaws this summer? Alan's horror and horror. Um, I don't know. I guess we take a peek at Jaws pretty much pretty much every summer. Actually, my kids haven't seen Jaws yet, uh, because I, I don't want to put the I don't want to put the shark thing into their heads. They just frolic in the ocean. They have no worries. And uh this is sad to say, but way back in the day when I saw Jaws, I was scared to do night swimming in a pool after that. <laughs> I know. I know I'm not the only one. Now you might think, oh, that's ridiculous. Sharks can't get in pools. But I was thinking of other crap that could just sliver into a pool at that point. Oh, uh, doing it for the kids. Much respect. My wife knows I would be way happier in the suburbs. She's like, why don't we just move? And I'm like, yeah, that would make me really happy. And then it would make other people in this family unit uh, not so happy. So I'll sacrifice, try to make the best of it. Go to the ocean whenever I can. But now we got the summer where we're out of here for three months. So I'm good. I'm good for now. Um, What's some of those summer movies we got? Yeah, Jaws is one of them. But uh, like I said, I I don't want to put that thought in my kids' heads uh, yet. And I was trying to explain to them why that movie's so scary. Because they know about it. They're not stupid. And because that dumb shark uh, didn't work. That made that whole movie that the shark was supposed to work. And because the shark didn't work, I think it made the movie scarier and iconic. Uh, they had all sorts of problems with the, uh, the, the mechanic shark. So they decided to film around it. And that's what makes that movie so great. Cause you never know when that damn shark is going to pop up, but their intentions was, were to uh, show the, the shark a lot until they had all sorts of problems have you ever won a suit like the mayor from Jaws? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> I hate suits. I have one tie, and I have a sort of suit, and that's it. My cousin won't go in our lake upstate because he's scared of sharks. Well, 
I mean, there are monsters in all, in all these bodies of water. Scott Watson knows you're a fisherman. I highly recommend uh, everybody either snorkel or scuba dive next time you're fortunate enough to be in a, in a tropical land. And then you will discover that just about everything in that water, they don't want anything to do with you. It's hard to see stuff when you're scuba diving because you're like, hey, I think that's an octopus over there. And you start swimming with your goofy, dopey body. And by the time you get there, the thing's long gone. Like, nah, 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 nah. You ain't checking me out. Um, it's very rare the fish hang around. First time I saw Jaws as a kid, I was afraid to get in the tub. <laughs> well, that's not true. Come on. I mean, being scared to go in a pool, I, I sort of get, but no way. <laughs> not, not a tub. Come on. Deborah Lundy. Hello. Oh, good morning. Enjoy the nice weather. Make sure to spend time outdoors. This I, I'll be outside every day. And I'll be the fool with the uh, the long sleeve. I, that people make fun of me, but I have to do this at this point. If you look close, I got – they burn two – they're actually – all right, they're kind of healed. Uh, they burn two or three uh, pre-pre-skin cancers off my nose. Then I got three on my arm. And then this was the, this was the doozy. That one, they had a biopsy. And it came back benign yesterday, which uh, my skin doctor pretty much said I had nothing to worry about. So I don't want to over-exaggerate that. But she took out a huge chunk. And it's from, you know, growing up uh, caddying every day and, uh, and, and hanging out in my grandma's house in Wading River on the Long Island Sound, uh, where we didn't really have a lot of sunscreen options. So now as an older gentleman, I, I go for a full body check. Once a year, and she's she's putting acid on everything, <laughs> everything. One year, it was a couple of years ago. I don't know if I was live streaming. I had one pretty much in the middle of my head. So she goes, hold still, and she puts some acid like right here. And it was too – the drop was a little too big. So then the acid kind of like rolled down my face and gave me a nice river it just took out everything that the acid touched. So it was a river of acid that I had to deal with. She was so apologetic. Uh, Instagram payments are the equivalent of when college Opie used to look through couch cushions for money. <laughs> I was good in college because I, uh, I was a DJ at the in-between. I also was a bartender because I, I, I noticed the bartenders were making way more money. But uh, Basher, who owned the in-between, he loved how I DJed. And got everyone pumped up, but he wasn't paying me enough, so I I, I got to start uh, bartending to make the stupid money these guys were making. Oh my god! It was when I moved on and started my radio career that I was uh, looking for change wherever I could. This is true, mostly in Buffalo, and you know we're drinking a lot of beer, you know, and, and all of a sudden people come over to my tiny little crib and they would drink beer and leave the empties around. I would I would. I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's the truth. I I was collecting empties when I was doing radio in Buffalo, and I was going to uh, the supermarket, and I was one of those guys putting cans in the machine and getting some change out. <clears throat> and then I would get uh, my go-to meal when I wasn't eating at Gabriel's Gate for free on, on the radio station's tab. Uh, I've told that story, but my go-to meal was Chef Boy R. Day. Chef Boy R. Day. And I went to a convenience store with my change to get my chef boy art date. And then, I, and then I got recognized at the convenience store. This person had no idea. They thought I was a big radio star, even though like I was doing overnights. I was doing some stuff for the, 
the morning guy, bear man back then. But um, I was making no money, none. I was making eleven or twelve thousand a year, something like that. I'm starting to forget the exact total, but and I had to pay for my car payment and my apartment. So uh, I was, yes, I was collecting cans and eating Chef Boyardee. And I got recognized once. And the guy's freaking out that I'm, I'm this Opie guy from the Fox and blah, blah, blah. And this guy had no idea as he's meeting me that I was, I was as poor as poor could be. So I think that's what Cast Iron Kyle is uh, referencing. I would try to find change wherever I could. Opie, let's cut the BS. You paid Gary Busey to ragdoll Howard, didn't you? Wait, what happened there, CM Derp? I got ragdolled by Gary Busey. Gary Busey scared the living crap out of me. I, and I got video of it. Early days of the Opie Radio podcast, I was doing the podcast from a tiny little studio they built me at Westwood One. But it was small. It had a couch. You could barely set up the cameras. It was almost like a closet. But it was cool. Me and Carl really liked uh, doing shit in there when it was just me and him. But when you had a guest, it, it, it was a little crowded. And Gary Busey came in there. I don't even have half the stuff on, on camera, but I got enough. But he was giving me – he was putting me in headlocks. He was giving me, like, uh, Indian rubs. He was – he would just punch you. <laughs> he would just punch you in the arm. And I got a few of these things on tape. But I knew – look at that Gary Busey. You know, he's head injured. So you got to give him a little bit of a break, but really entertaining, excuse me, really entertaining. But you knew looking in his eyes that uh, this whole thing could go wrong in a split second. So he ragdolled Howard. I want to know that story because he absolutely manhandled me as well. And I would, I was playing it off like, ah, this is fun. I'm like, oh my God, I hope he knows his own strength because I felt like he could easily just snap my neck. I'll have to find some of that was uh, some of that video and repost it because <laughs> it really is good. I remember that Gary was hilarious. Oh, he was great, but he had a, a I think it was his wife that was trying to control him the entire time in a good way. Like, no, nah, no, nah, Gary, put Opie down. And I'm like, thank you, as he's hanging me from from my ankles, and she would talk to him like a kid, like, no, nah, Gary, you know, put Opie down. <laughs> and he had his wild hair. Opie doesn't own an electric car. Why does he hate the earth and mother nature? Ross dogs, broken spirit. Well, you know what? I, uh, I like, first of all, I, I want an electric car because I just want new technology. I don't want the same crap. My car is exactly like the cars of the 70s, more or less, except it's not blowing smoke out the tailpipe. Uh, and creating crazy smog in all our cities. But besides that, it's the same exact technology. You know, maybe a couple little bells and whistles, but not much has changed. I want an electric car for the simple fact I just want new technology. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to answer your question, uh, Ross. I learned something from an expert of mine uh, and a friend of mine, Matt Farah. He does the Smoking Tire podcast. I lost track of him, which is stupid because I really like the guy. I owe him a phone call. I met him through Carl, and he's a great guy, and he's kicking ass. He's out there on the left coast, which makes it hard. Uh, me and him were supposed to go to a Pearl Jam concert right when COVID hit, matter of fact. But I asked him about this. He goes, the best thing you can do for the environment when it comes to cars, because I asked him about electric cars, and he's like, actually, maybe eventually that will help the planet. But, you know, the amount of energy uh, and resources that go into – 
to uh, building these electric cars actually hurts the environment in the, in the short term. Because the best thing you could do for the environment is keep your old car running as long as possible. That's actually uh, something that helps the environment. So there you go, Ross Dog. I gave you a little knowledge. Oh, it's Angie. Angie, have you... Oh, sorry. Hope you and your family have a wonderful... Wow, Angie, thank you. That's very nice. And because of you, I put that video up of, uh, talking about um, the Rolling Stones, Angie. <laughs> people, <laughs> people are exhausting. <laughs> Someone went after me hard. So the story goes, Angie, you know, she's uh, becoming a regular on the, you know, checking out the live streams. I've only started noticing you uh, in the last week or so. And uh, she gave me like a couple dollars the other day. And then it reminded me of the old story where the Rolling Stones song, Angie, in the middle of it, I was just doing, I should give the backstory. I was just doing my radio show one day, just minding my own business. And I had a ton of comedians in that day. I'm trying to remember everybody. I know Mark Norman was in there. Guy calls, I don't remember why, but he goes, hey, did you ever know that the song Angie by the Rolling Stones, uh, halfway through the song, he changes Angie to Andy. And he says Andy once or twice. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I've been a rock. I was a rock DJ for a really long time. I've heard the song, Angie, no less than a thousand times in my life. You're crazy, right? So he goes, play it. Long story short, I think Vic Henley was into, and Vic Henley knows his music knowledge. So we played the song. It's like, Angie, Angie. And we're like, oh, it's Angie. This, what is this guy talking about? And then another minute goes by in the song, Angie, Angie. I'm like, oh, God, we got duped by this guy. And now we're just sitting here listening to like a three and a half minute song by the Stones, right? And then also we were about to give up. And clear as day, Mick Jagger goes, Andy. Tell the story. Tell, Tell the, the story, story, Brad. Okay, so I was reading a book on the making of um, Exile on Main Street, and um, the guy that was writing it said that Mick Jagger had an affair with uh, the manager, Andy Oldham. They were lovers for a while. And so a little bit after that, I was listening to the song Angie, and I noticed that half the time he's singing about this lover, a woman named Angie, and the other half he's singing about his lover, Andy. Like the, the, and um, if you listen to the lyric, like, um, Andy, I still love you, baby. Not Angie. Andy, I still love you, baby. There ain't a woman that compares to you. Mm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good double entendre. It works both ways, but I really think he's talking oh, about Angie. Here's the song that means we gotta let you go, Brad. Sorry. Angie. <laughs> oh boy. Angie. Yeah. This guy, I'll tell you. He got us. He did. Oh! Rewind all 20 of the tapes. Watch the reaction. This episode sponsored by Blue Chew. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. And we all know what Blue Chew is, right? It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Imagine that, chewable tablets that can supercharge your performance. The best part, you can take them anytime, day or night. So whether you want to plan ahead 
or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Blue Chew has got you covered. Okay, here's how it works. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. No more awkward conversations with the doctors or waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's all done online, discreetly, and conveniently. Oh, and by the way, it comes to your house in a discreet package. It doesn't say like, border pills! On the side of the box. And you know, they always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? Blue Chew can help you leave a lasting impression where it counts. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. With Blue Chew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman. Because when your package has arrived, well, your package has arrived. But oh, does it work? Or are you just saying all this to get a few bucks for your podcast? Man, you don't have to take my word for it. Try Blue Chew free for a month and see for yourself. Trust me, you're going to love it. Did I mean that? (laughs) All right, here's the exclusive offer for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Use the promo code OPIE to receive your first month free. Once again, bluechew.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. Remember I told you my son turned 13? That was like a month ago. We finally uh, had a kid's party at a, at a ping pong place. Um, ping pot, I think it's called. It's, a, it's an absolutely amazing concept. I, I would love to buy one of these things. If I was still making money, I would buy one of these things because uh, – because the business model is absolutely amazing. You get an app. You're like, I want to play ping pong at 2 o'clock. And then they get back to you. Well, then you can play ping pong at 2 o'clock. And then you show up there. It's 1.58. Door doesn't open. What the hell? And as soon as 2 o'clock comes, bitch, you just put your, your phone right up to the lock. And the door opens all nice for you. You walk in. No one's in there. So that's where we had the party for my son yesterday a month after him uh, turning 13. And uh, I had a fine plan. I'd have a nice tournament for everybody, give out some money in the end, whoever won the tournament. And <laughs> and then it turned out they wanted to play dodgeball with the ping pong balls because the, the, the place supplies hundreds and hundreds of ping pong balls. So you don't have to bend down after every point. Wait, let me go get the ball. Did it roll under the couch? I'll be right back. No, they got baskets and baskets of ping pong balls all over the damn place. And the kids were like, you know what? <clears throat> we rented the whole place. So there was three tables and there was a back room. It was sort of like a VIP area with a giant glass wall. And all I could see is like most of the kids teamed up. <sighs> half on this side, half on the other. And they're just they're just serving it serving ping pong balls at each other. I'm looking at my wife, well, like, at least they're having fun, you know? And then that's when the kids started coming out of the room crying. I'm like, why are you crying? It's a ping pong ball. Oh, yeah. And they're showing me welts on their arms. So then, then we had to call all their parents and go, uh, we might be uh, sending your kid home with some welts. Our bad. So cheers to that. Cheers to ping pong 
dodge ball yesterday at the Pink Pod uh, place. So that was, uh, you know, that was long. Because unlike you people that live all night somewhere, every everything, everything in this city's a hassle. We had to meet all the kids at school. They're at an age. They don't need their parents around anymore. And they're all like, we need Ubers. So we're buying Ubers for everybody to get to the Pink Pod place. Holy crap. Dude, you just paid for... This guy just paid for, uh, I had to get three, I had to get four Ubers for the kids yesterday. Because these kids, they ain't walking. Are you kidding me? They're all entitled. Where's my Uber? Can't you come to my son's party and get there on your own? No, I need an Uber. And of course, my wife, she's the nice one in this in this coupling, if you can't figure that out. I'm whispering under my breath. I'm like, they're 13. Tell them to effing walk. It's 10 blocks away. And she's out there with her phone getting Ubers for everybody. But with that said, man, this guy just paid for all the Ubers. $50. What you give, Instagram? Yesterday, you gave $5. Turning you off in two minutes, Instagram. You gave me $5 yesterday. I forgot about that. Uh, Deadpool just paid for all the Ubers yesterday. I like to tell you what I what I'm doing with Super Chat money. The other big news today is uh, the Trumpster. Uh, I I just love I love the circus that that is around the whole Trump indictment. Chris Crispy, Chris Christie, whatever he now he's brave enough to take shots at um, at Trump because you know Trump uh, Trump is. Is a little weak right now, so now it's a lot easier to attack him. Then you got that Nikki, the Nikki Haley that talks to her teeth. Well, you know, I don't think that you can do that. I don't Chris Christie is going all in because he has nothing to lose. You know, now he's brave, although he sat up there when he knew uh, Trump was full of crap all those years ago. And he played his part because he was scared because the whole the whole party and uh, a lot of this country loved the Trump. So Chris Christie didn't say crap back then. But now it's easy to do that. Watch how well these guys play it. Because, man, you know, as soon as... Uh, if it comes out that Trump is severely damaged goods and he can't hurt anybody anymore in the party, you watch these losers jump on board. They'll all just jump on board. Uh, she's the nice one. RJ Hitters remembers. Yeah, my wife is the nice one who keeps the Uber ratings uh, high. Yes. So these kids were like, okay, to get out of school, what was it? 315, 320. The party's 10 blocks away. It starts at four. I'm hinting like, why don't you, why don't you guys go and get your dumb Starbucks? Because that's what these 13-year-olds do in New York. It's the only thing they can really do by themselves. So they go to Starbucks and act cool. And uh, why don't you go walk to the party? We'll meet you there. We got to get pizzas and, and donuts. And they're all looking at us like, we don't walk. Get us Ubers. Ubers? And then, uh, you know, my wife's out there on her phone getting the Ubers for everybody. And, and uh, RJ's reminding me that, uh, you know, I don't have my own Uber account. I know. I, 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 well, I have an electric scooter and I hate being in cabs. I hate being in cars. Hate all of it. So I don't have an Uber. 
but every once in a while I need an Uber. So I tell my wife and she gets me an Uber wherever I am in the city. And then she notices that her Uber rating. <laughs> Maybe I was the problem. <laughs> my, my, my Uber rating uh, or her Uber rating goes down every time I use her Uber. <laughs> oh, in my Niagara Falls mug. Harry, get my Niagara Falls mug. I want to remember our honeymoon from 1962, Harry! But look at my Niagara Falls mug. Got the Horseshoe Falls. But look, they really want to emphasize the gambling. I hate that casinos are popping up all over this great country of ours. But thank you, Angie. Uh, and, uh, you know, another reminder to go listen to the Rolling Stones song, Angie. And you will hear halfway through the song... Uh, Mick Jagger changing Angie to Andy, confessing his love for Andy. Andy. That Mick Jagger loved the Andy. But he came from a time you couldn't love the Andy. Now Mick Jagger could love the Andy. You know, Mick Jagger could get a couple Bud Lights and go find Andy. <laughs> Cheers on that. No, no cheers on that. <laughs> cheers on the flag. No, you don't like the flag at the White House. You're on your Facebook yelling and screaming because Biden put that flag. No, you don't want enough cheers on that. You sure? Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> Kyle Castiron. Hope you're walking around Long Island looking like a retired electrician and young folks not knowing he's a radio legend. Man, that time gets the best of everybody. I I've talked about it. They're... There was a, uh, a place I used to go. I used to live on uh, 71st Street, and there was a cafe there, coffee and, and little, uh, little desserts. Think sort of Starbucks before Starbucks, but then they would have little lunch fare. Here, would you, would, would you like to look at the lunch fare menu? Know what lunch fare means? You're going to leave there starving. That's what lunch fare means. We're going to sort of give you lunch. Oh, thanks. But this place was there for... 100 years, it was a place made famous by Yoko Ono and John Lennon when they uh, lived at the Dakota. It was right around the corner, and they spent many afternoons when uh, Lennon was in town not doing anything. They would sit at a table and have coffee every day, and then they saved the table they, uh, they uh, ate at, and it was in the front window on display. This is the table that they sat at. And everyone would be like, oh, oh wow, oh, wow, oh, oh, oh. Anywho, in this uh, joint, there were uh, celebrity photos that were signed by the, uh, the, the famous people. And they were like vaudeville people. They were uh, opera people. They were old Broadway people. They were silent movie people. That type of thing, right? And they had a whole wall. Whole wall. I didn't know one person. So my point is to that guy, you know, time gets everybody. Like at this point, all these years later, yeah, I walk these streets. No one, no one knows who I am. Like I, I say it all the time and it is, about, it is accurate. I get recognized once a day. That's it. And Amir, uh, I don't know, Amir, like I would say Amir seven years ago, it was still pretty crazy. I couldn't even walk up to the, to the I was going to say Starbucks. I don't go to Starbucks. I hate Starbucks. But whatever. When I was doing my errands, it would, it would be uh, – It'd be a whole bunch of people saying hi. 
So my point is, like, I saw in this old cafe with all the pictures on the on the wall of these people that were really famous, man. You know, everyone that now walked into that place, the place is long gone because, you know, the, the, uh, the landlord wanted more money for that space. He didn't give a crap. This place was there for over 100 years, and it's part of New York City history. He didn't give a crap. He needed more money. So, uh, you know, they, he kicked those people out. You know, I was in the family for generations, one of these type of places. I hate people. God, I hate them. And uh, all this stuff that mattered was just in a dumpster outside, the pictures, the stupid John Lennon table. No one, the landlord didn't, didn't give a crap. All he cared about was that he was going to get more rent for the space. Uh, I think of you every time I vacuum, uh, Cast Iron Kyle says. Well, you know, I uh, I have a little problem with the, the vacuum noise to this day. <laughs> I got a problem with I got a problem with combing my hair, obviously, uh, and I have a problem with uh, with vacuums. The vacuum thing is, my mom was constantly cleaning, having seven, eight nine kids uh she was constantly cleaning the house she she was a full-time mom man uh full-time moms get no respect it's a gig it's a tough gig and uh you know she would scream move your feet so to this day when i hear a, a vacuum cleaner i could be in the nicest hotel in america and they're vacuuming uh the lobby and i'll the hair on the back of my neck will just stand up. It triggers me and brings me back to my mom just with that vacuum cleaner. So we don't own a vacuum cleaner. Cheers. Did Stern attack you guys on the radio uh, much? Seemed to be the other way around mostly. Um, Stern was scared uh, of uh, me and Anthony back in our heyday. It's it's just a fact. We know. We, we have proof he would fight his battles behind the scenes he, he came across as this brave broadcaster uh he would be this brave broadcaster he would take on every single radio show but the one show he never took on head to head was opie and anthony but he did some dirty crap behind the scenes all the time to try to make us shut the f up and in the end i know that's why i i was let go from uh sirius xm um it was told to me by by a lawyer that no longer uh, works at SiriusXM. They just had it with my crap. They had it with me going after Howard. Whatever. When it came to us, he was a, he was a, <laughs> so, but he took on everybody else. I mean, everybody else. And then we would give him a good beating. And instead of like uh, good naturedly coming back at us, which would have been great radio for him as well. He would uh, march to a phone and yell and scream at our bosses, and then our bosses would drag us into his office by our ears, basically, give us a scolding too. And then, um, and then we had a guy. Uh, I think I, I think it was Al Dukes. We had a lot of guys, but uh, I think it was Al. Al. We had a we had a massive delay on our radio show at WNEW, especially because uh, they were scared of us. <laughs> So they had a guy on a delay that would push a button every time we did something that they thought wouldn't be good. And it was all the good stuff. It was all the stuff you wanted to, to hear while you're in your car. They would dump out of it. 
they would dump out of it. And then there was another button down the hall in my boss's office in case the first guy missed something. So they were listening to our show. We would do our show live. Then it wouldn't go uh, It wouldn't go to you in your cars until at, at least a minute later. I think it was like a 90-second delay. So they had 90 seconds to dump out of stuff. And then it got to a point, it came down from the big bosses, that every time we mentioned Howard Stern, dump out of it. Because Howard just simply couldn't handle it. <laughs> so then we started coming up with nicknames for Howard. And then they started dumping out of all the nicknames we had for Howard. And one of them was Radio Edit. We thought he was so lame, we started calling him Radio Edit. And then they started dumping out of uh, Radio Edit every time we said that. <laughs> it's Radio! Howard's skin was so thin. In the end, it's radio. We were making stupid money. He was making insane money. But this is what they had to play because of his, his very shallow, his very shallow ego. And if all else failed, the Van Halen song would come on. Oh, Vincent knows. Yeah. And then they had a fail safe where if they ran out of delay, then they would play a Van Halen song. God, what was the Van Halen song? Do you remember? So we had our hands tied. Howard was no joke, man. I've, I've competed with uh, pretty much everybody in radio. By far, Howard Stern was the biggest baby of them all. But on his show, he would act like this tough guy taking on everybody. But he truly was a baby, making hundreds of millions of dollars and being bothered by us to the point he'd have these giant meetings with the big bosses to make us stop. Make them stop! They threatened our jobs all the time. And I would go to my bosses like, this is just, this is make-believe. This is stupid. I always thought radio was stupid. It was a dumb job. You turned on microphones. And because, like, you were broadcasting people, like, people thought uh, it was important what you had to say. And I would sit there like, we're just being goofballs. And we would attack everybody and everything. That's what made Opie and Anthony so popular. We... We pretty much took the piss out of everything, including Howard Stern, because he was so full of himself. And then the guy would fight these insane battles behind the scene. And I would look at my boss. It's like, is this real? He lives in a $100 million house in the Hamptons, and he's bothered by us? Who cares? Half this stuff is like, who cares what we're saying? Oh, my God. Having us dragged out of press conferences. I hope Vice uh, digs into that. Vice, you're stupid. Let me, let me say this to everybody. Vice, you're stupid. Someone, like, cut this and, and send it to Vice. You people are stupid. You're doing something called Howard Stern versus Opie and Anthony, and you don't get a hold of us? Are you – you're stupid. Are you going to talk about the time that we got yanked out of a press conference because Howard found out we were there? And, and we were working for the same company. And in the end, we weren't even going to do anything. We just wanted to check it out. But he couldn't start the press conference until he dragged us out of there or had us dragged out. And then we were dragged out right in front of his limo because he needed to see for himself that we were not in the hotel anymore. This was at the Ritz-Carlton. And then I looked behind me as we're getting pulled down the road, basically by our ears again. And I see that that big bird leave his limo because now it's safe to go inside vice did you talk about that on your dumb show ken mosca 9.99 have to tap out opsie well the, look where are you going ken you gotta start your job uh can't wait for the beach shows later this week thanks so 
Uh, no, man. Thanks for the four ninety nine. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're saying goodbye to this location. It's kind of sad. Um, and then we don't see this apartment. I'll come in to get bills and just check on things like once a month. But pretty much we're going to leave here and we won't be back until like the second week in September. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I live my whole year for the, for the three months in summer that I could be at the ocean every single day. Thanks, God, whoever you are. Thanks very much for my life, God. <laughs> Ant said you made guests wait because you knew that when the guests came in and the show got started, then you didn't have any power and it would be uh, Jimmy and the guests would carry. <laughs> Anthony's so stupid. He's, he learned a lot from me. I taught him how to do radio. He knows that. But he's a dumb guy. Like, his awareness is so stupid. The reason why guests wait, had to wait was because what was happening in the room was really working. And you didn't want to put the brakes on what was working in the room. And Jimmy was a nightmare when it came to that. Because he'd be like, Because stupid Jimmy's thinking in his head, I ain't going to get my garage sale of junk signed. If this guest decides not to come in because he has to wait too long. See, these guys, these guys don't know how radio works. To this day, I don't think they know how radio works. When, when something in front of you is working, right, and you're in the zone, you do not stop that at any cost. And if that means a guest is going to get mad or he's going to leave or you're going to have to reschedule him, uh, so be it. Because, uh, you know, the, uh, the pressure of uh, putting on a, 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 a highly successful show is everything. So you don't blow off what's happening in front of you to get a guest in. And, and those guys know most of the guests were who gives a crap anyway. I, th th this is infuriating because these guys just sat there and, and let me, you know, run the show because I had all the knowledge and all the years behind me. And then they, they come up with statements like this. It's, it's completely ridiculous. Jim Norton would get upset because uh, guests had to wait outside the studio. It, it was all self-serving because Jimmy wanted his dumb picture with a celebrity and he wanted his garage sale of junk to be signed. That was the only reason that Jimmy wanted guests on the show. Not because he thought it might make for a better show. Most of the time, the, the guests didn't make for a better show. Just imagine you have Patrice O'Neill in. He's riffing and ranting and raving about Chinese restaurants or exotic animals, or sports that aren't sports. And then all of a sudden, we put the break to get a guest in. God, that dishonesty drives me nuts. They simply don't know how a radio show works. And if they did know how a radio show works, they would be highly successful right now on their own. The fact is, Jim Norton stinks at doing radio. Absolutely stinks. And he knows he stinks. So when he got all the, all the juice out of me and Anthony, he's like, who's the up-and-coming guy? And then he, he befriended Sam, even though they didn't like each other at all, because Jimmy knew that was the only way he could continue doing radio, because he can't do it on his own. He stinks. So when it comes to how a radio show works, I, I, I'm not going to listen to that. I don't respect that. He has no clue how a radio show is run. Literally zero. He never chose to uh, learn the craft. He was too busy on his phone, like, the, you know, trying to find something for his addiction all day long. 
and then then dragging in his garage sale like junk to be signed and getting his dumb celebrity uh, photo. So he should shut his mouth. He doesn't know how this works and never knew how it worked. But guys, thank you very much for all your uh, your love, all your support. We've had a damn good time from this location. You won't see this location for a very long time because when we come back, we'll be at the other window because at that point, the sun will start coming up again. And that, that thing, is that view is spectacular. But for the next uh, three months, for the most part, uh, you'll, you'll see the ocean behind me. And I hope you continue watching the live stream on a, on a regular basis. All right? Boo 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 bo